The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here. I analyzed this, and we are wrapping up a conversation here with uh, Dwayne Henry, a little uh, Bush T uh, conversation. So basically, you're saying the feds, the feds keeping an eye on what's going on there. And uh, sometimes it's good to don't do nothing, no. Instead, instead of feeling like because you're doing something, you're impacting. Sometimes um, the marketplace corrects itself. Yes, it does. As a matter of fact, yeah, the, the marketplace always does. Um, the, you know, so they, I think, have a better understanding. Like I tell you, it's a leading indicator. That's a crystal ball as to where we're going. So even if right now on Main Street things are bad, if the market is doing this, that means things could only get better. And we're seeing this this crazy fluctuation. Like for example, Friday. Okay, let me let me let me start. Right Thursday. What me do? Thursday, the marketplace was. Um, what we do? What we do? Bam, bam, bam. Mm, up. Okay, no, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me go back a little further. We want to make it seem like we're being biased here. Right? The marketplace, uh-huh. we go early early in the week. Um, When I came in on Tuesday morning, that means Monday, down 93.91 points. And then up uh-huh. up 36.31. So that's flat. Anything under 100 is flat. Whether it be 100, right. points, 100 points loss or 100 right. points gain. Um, down 28 points on Wednesday. And then Thursday, up 827 point eight seven uh-huh. point which is significant that's two point eight three percent friday right down four hundred point eight nine points right monday up five hundred and fifty point nine nine points <laughs> yesterday up three hundred and thirty seven point nine eight points so um they're playing games or no me and Vargas Richards and Mommy Bigger had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Um, if you get into the stock market, right, don't look for overnight uh, benefits, okay? Plan, no. to be there, plan to be there for a while and watch what's going on. Ain't got nothing as a, a guaranteed return, on a positive return on investment. That ain't the game. They want you, to, well, they, they want you for the long haul. Exactly. Because... Don't forget that the, the, the day traders, as they're known as, um, you know, they, they, they take, like we said, they're taking money out of pockets. When you see the, the market goes up $800 today, tomorrow, man, in the garden, no 400 that's profit taking. You know what they're doing? People sell, the people selling off at the higher price. They and that's it. what the day traders do. Day traders, they got these Bloomberg tournament, terminals that they could sit there all day and watch that stuff and, and the loads come up. People like me and you, we don't have that kind but, of access. So you know, you, we got being for the long haul. No, but you bring up a good point because the marketplace will open at 9.30 and they'll sit there and do nothing for five and a half, six hours and then all of a sudden at 3.15, okay, let me get in this thing. Let me get in this thing. Yeah, yeah, jump in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have programs that are set up like that that would alert you that says, boom, 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 at this time or it hits this price, that's when you jump in. The, the terminology is algorithm, sir. They got the there algorithm. Go. They got the algorithm. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Good talk this morning. Okay, care. good. You got it. That's uh, Dwayne Henry. A little uh, Bush T discussion, um, touching on a number of different issues. Of course, you know the boss just walked in the door. Some of Sibley Brown and all that good stuff. Um, you know, good morning. How are you? Good morning. 
I just love how you refer to me as a boss, and I'm the like, boss. he's he boss. he is the boss. Wheeling, wheeling, and girl power. That's what they, that's what they call it. Zenyatta, Zenyatta, and and all the all the big mirror them. I I all the mirror them who does just when they come onto the track, the man them go another place. For example, right? <laughs> For example, right? One of the one of the the most popular horses in Virgin Islands history. Right, and I know that the Sintomia they're going to remember this one was a horse by the name of Hellbrook Loose. Mm. Right, um, they had bought him from uh, up in New Jersey, uh, the New Jersey Philadelphia area, and uh, he finally made it to St. Croix. And so we're looking at him, and and um, he did in the normally for the big races, right at the racetrack, did a did a saddle in the infield, not okay. in the paddock here, right? So so everybody in the grandstand could see what's going on, and this dull-looking gray has it said, "That's he." That's hell broke loose. And then when the gate opened, he not he went from a dull looking grid to a beautiful flashy grid because mm. he, he was action out of the gate. Fast. However, mm. there was this one mayor for Emile Francis Milo named Just Eat It. And for some reason he couldn't beat you. She had his number. So that's what that's what you and you and Tanya and Allah, you and Zoe Allah, you know, run things. And got me and uh, Jamar and Danny <laughs> Challenger and um, Tristan, and, how I want, you know what I mean? So it's on uh, Marisol, all I got, we, how, how we want her, so it's all good. And of course, um, you know, Madam President is going to be uh, on the candidate speaking in another it, four or five minutes. Absolutely, so, so absolutely. More, more lady power. Yeah, shout uh, out to the women of WTJX. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Colin. So what's going on with you, man? Um, it's a beautiful day in the Virgin yes, Islands. Sir. Yes, um, sir. It's gorgeous. Happy to be on Analyze This. You know, I, you know, yesterday when you did the count off of who we have already spoken to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the candidate speaks, mm-hmm. we we've done so we've we've put in some work. We've yeah, had man, some yeah, conversations man. and a lot of them good. And as we're rounding out those last conversations, well, and you 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 gonna be you gonna be um you gonna be you gonna be finishing this thing up nice right now. You know, the the the, the Brian Roach team is scheduled. For tomorrow at nine ten, so um, all the players, right? Dwayne Benjamin, um, David Bourne, Richie Mota. Okay, nine ten to nine fifty tomorrow. Every other team, we've had one gubernatorial team per week for the last three weeks. This is all your week, okay? So tomorrow morning, looking forward to having a great conversation with the defending champs. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and wrapping up the four. Uh, gubernatorial teams who are asking for the consent of the government. Asking for the consent. You know, like election times will be exciting, you know. Yes. I mean, yeah. maybe not for the candidates. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, they'll be suffering fatigue. Yeah. They, they, they don't want it to done. But you know, one, one thing about us as voters, right? We'll be saying, man, when this thing undone, and then, like four or five days before the election, the anticipation of building. But, like, but it's building. Yeah, it's building yeah, now. Yeah. Um, Get to that crescendo. The cre- no, not the what. Yesterday, the word was nuanced. Oh, nuanced. Today, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the word is crescendo. Crescendo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. We do it like that. But yeah. I think for me, looking at what's what's at play, all the information that you know in multiple places are out there, the debate, the candidate speaks, the forums that are happening. Like hopefully voters feel that they're getting some clarity and looking at, hey, these are the things that I value. This is how I am vetting my candidates. And when they go into that early voting office or on November eighth, mm-hmm. they feel empowered to make 
the, the, the right vote for themselves. And then we get to see what the whole consensus was, how those numbers break down. And you are fabulous at that. I have a I have an appreciation for numbers. You yeah. do though. You know, it's, I, it's, I, I like that. You know, it's um Donald Bow. You know you know Donald Bow, right? Yes. Right? When I was thirteen, fourteen, he was like my idol. Right? Because he was the the perfect student athlete. He was not just a great basketball player, but he was a A plus student. And and I had him on uh, in 2020, and we were talking about numbers because he teaches math, you know, he teaches Correct. Math and all that stuff. And he said, "This is the one subject that in uh, subjected to a lot of uh, opinions and all that stuff, right? Numbers are numbers. They're right? straight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and uh, and that's the part about it uh, that I like. Even if we got to break it down to decibel levels and percentages uh, to get to that final number." To that, to, to that final figure, so be it. And that's that's the good thing about it. What, what I want for most of the candidates, though, is that they appreciate the process, though, because um, looking back, um, you know, you'll have the ability to to, to, to to say, you know, you know, I did this wrong or I did this correctly. I got a break here or I got a, a bad break here. You know, that's, you know, it's a process. But you just said to me something that's critical and not just in candidacy, it's for when they're in office, right? This is all about um, progress and learning. So when, when, when candidates look at the barriers, for, for instance, if you're an aspirant and you're trying to get elected and you didn't, right? And, or if you have been elected and what you have done once you have served, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at where you are learning and growing to better serve or to get into the seat, that's like a critical component for me in the candidates that I look like. I, I want people with a growth mindset. Yes. Right? Yes. I don't just want to hear what you to do good. Yeah. I actually want to hear where your struggle was and move on and like how you intend to come get over it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, and, and one of the things I enjoy doing, and you could ask uh, Janine Perez Santos, my chief of staff, ever so often I would ask her to call the reporters and let me get... Um, testimony from the committee to hold. So I could grade myself and look at the questions that I was asking um, because uh, um, there's nothing wrong with, with seeing where you actually could have been better. And self, you know what I'm saying? Self-development to me mm -hmm. is the best development there is. Having said that, um, it's 9-10 and we are officially in uh, the candidate speak window for Wednesday, October 19th, and we have joining us from the district of St. Thomas, St. John, candidate number 11, Donna Fred Gregory, a incumbent senator from the St. Thomas, St. John district. Good morning, Madam President, and welcome to the candidate speak. Good morning. Glad to have you here. Um, how are you? How are you? I'm good. How are, how are you? I could have been better. I was hoping to get in on the Zoom, but you know we have um, challenges. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, this morning, so thank you for your understanding on that. Not a problem, man. We can we we can make we can make things work. And I got my co-host Summer Sibley Brown joining me this morning, ladies. Good morning, Good morning, Senator. How are you? The, I am fine. How are you? Th there will be a point in this interview when, when I will yield to some recipe brown so the woman them could run things. That's okay with you, Madam President? Okay, you know the woman them harder, you know the harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, no, we also know that man terrible, right? And woman oh. bad, right? Remember that as well, right? Anyway, 
Faut you know what bad means, right? Because sometimes you don't say to a sister, you're bad. No, 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 yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's exactly, exactly what it means. Exactly. Oh, check this exactly. out, check that's this out, check this out, right? We're nuancing the bad, right? <laughs> Right. No, nuance. That's the word nowadays, um, um, Madam President. Nuance. Things are more nuanced. We we never had that. We never used to use that in our vernacular back in the day, but now it's incorporated. Nuanced. So that's what we got. That's a nuance too. Optics. Exactly. Exactly. So check this out. There, there may th- there may be those who are hearing you for the first time in your capacity as a candidate or as the Senate President, two terms out of the St. Thomas, St. John District. Introduce yourself to the public. Tell us about your educational background, a little bit about your professional background, and then we'll ask you questions that are uh, incumbent-based and not potential-based. Okay. Well, um, again, good morning to all. And, of course, it's always a pleasure to be here with you, Neville, and you've made a good choice with Summer. I've long admired her. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. My name, of course, is uh, Donna Fred Gregory. I currently serve as the president of the 34th legislature. I was first elected to the legislature in 2018, and um, I've worked in the government of the Virgin Islands before becoming a senator for some 30-plus years. Um, I have a bachelor's degree from from Morgan State University in business administration. I have also an MBA and an M, a master's in business administration and a master's in public administration. And I also have a certificate from Harvard University for the certificate in state government, for state government executives. But um, I've long served the people of the Virgin Islands, and I believe that, you know, serving as a civil servant, if you, you know, you make up your mind to serve as a civil servant, you must just do that, serve the people. I am the mother of four adults, and I have two grandchildren that I'm very excited about. Uh, and, um, you know, I am a heavy lifter. I believe that, um, you know, when you put yourself up for any responsibility, whether it's as an elected leader, as an appointed leader, or just as an employee or a business owner, you must um, do all that you can do to make a, a difference. And that's what I try to do every single day as I serve the people of the Virgin Islands. And serving is, like I said earlier, is not new for me. Um, I've served for a very long time in the government. I've worked for um, the Department of Justice as a director of operations. I've worked for the legislature, actually was my first job when I came back from college. I served in the business office and the post-audit division. And um, I moved to the Department of Education where I was the district director of business and administrative services. And then um, I left, went to Department of Justice, serving as when the Department of Justice, when the Bureau of Corrections was under the Department of Justice, I served as a director of operations. And then I left again and moved. Actually, that was my longest serving position. I served in the Department of Justice for 15 years of my career. And then I moved to the Department of Education, where I um, served as deputy commissioner, CFO. And then I moved on to be the assistant commissioner. And then interest of operations, and then interestingly enough, an opportunity came knocking at my door when uh, the former commissioner, Dr. Laverne Terry, left. And uh, I was given the opportunity, I was asked and given the opportunity to serve as a commissioner of the Department of Education. And that was a very short stint, uh, right under two years. So um, I've given a lot of myself to the people of the Virgin Islands, and um, I love what I do. And um, I recognize that, you know, they, there, there is a need for people like myself to put themselves up 
uh, particularly Virgin Islanders, to put themselves up to serve. Um, and I'll, I'm going to say this. I am a bulldog for serving the people. I'm, I'm a bulldog for serving, um, for ensuring that the people's business gets done. Let me, ask, let me ask this question. You make no apologies for being a career public servant? I make no apologies. Um, I make no apologies because based on where I am now serving as a legislator, I have good insight. I have good perspective on um, the inner workings of government. So a lot of times my colleagues would lean on me to, you know, get insight, to get information, to get clearer understanding of some of the inner workings in government. So I make no apologies. I'm happy to serve. You know that the government is basically the largest employer in the territory. But, but, but the reason why I ask the question in that context is because we have uh, a segment of the population who is of the belief that um, because you may not have been in the private sector that um, that 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 is that that's a deterrent. Of course, I vehemently disagree with that because acumen is acumen, knowledge is knowledge. Um, so, so that's the well, reason I why I actually got it. I didn't say that part, but for short since I um, actually um, very short, I actually worked worked for an EDC company where I was responsible for. I was like their their um, their government relations person who okay. was responsible for all the mm-hmm. reportings, etc. for that company. No, no. Quickly before so, we go to the first break, before we go to the first break, um, and I turn it over to some Sibley Brung. You're a chicken hawk or a devil ray? I am a chicken hawk, but I'm a Virgin Islander, so I'm all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that political response. That's number one. Number two, you did a stint at the Virgin Islands Port Authority? Oh, yes, I did. I forgot that. Come on. Yo, yo, man. Yo, man. officer for yeah. the Virgin Islands Port Authority, which was a very exciting and interesting time in my career. Okay, good. You know, very I- different from governmental accounting. You know, they do enterprise accounting, which mm. is real. You have, In order for the employees to get paid, you have to generate the revenues. Without a doubt. So, you know, that's one of the things. And I make no apologies for wanting to get everybody's um, report card, their dossier, uh, out so that the public has a good feel for the pers- for that for that candidate's full professional history. Um, and, and that would allow for them, you know, to factor that in. Because just like the legislators make decisions on the floor, voters are making their decisions right now. And the more information they have... Um, the better off I believe they will be and more comfortable they will be after they decide who they're going to vote for. So check this out. When we come back, we're going to go to a break now. When we come back, um, I'm going I gonna to yield to some Sibley Brung. She can be um, rapid firing you for that, for that middle segment. But I know you can handle it. Okay, so we got uh, candidate number 11, uh, Donna Fred Gregory, seeking her third term in the uh, Virgin Islands Legislature. In this case, it will be um, the 35th legislature that will convene in January of 2023. We'll be back right after this. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. 
puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. With journalists located all around the world, the BBC World Service can cover international stories when they happen, wherever they happen. Global news you can trust from the BBC World Service. Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers, and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. And we are back. Um, this is 93.1 WTJX. Analyze this. The candidate speaks. And we were on with the Honorable Senator Donna Fred Gregory, who is seeking re-election um, to the 35th legislature. Senator Fred Gregory, how are you? I'm well, thank you. All right. This is a rapid fire section where I'm going to ask you a series of questions across a plethora of issues, infrastructure, education, crime, you know, um, the recovery, but also about your current role. And so I want to start with you. You said you're a bulldog, right? Um, and I watch you on the Senate floor, so I see it. So I was glad that you named it. Tell me how being that bulldog for the people lends itself to your oversight role and what have you been able to achieve in your first two terms that you want to take into the to the third term in office um, as you as you look at using your financial background, right? As you look at what's needed for that proper management of our government. Well, um, you know, you know, sometimes when you use certain terms uh, as, as bulldog, people receive it in a negative way. But I think in this in this um, context, it's it's a it's a positive. It's positive because you need leaders who are really going to push and fight for the people. And over the past two and a half years, three and a half years is more like it. I have really pushed forward, making sure that I you know look at what's what is important for the people of the Virgin Islands. And when we talk about you, you I think you asked me about the, the finances of the government. And one of the things that we've really focused on and I have focused on is so how do we ensure that we are better managing our, our dollars in, in the Virgin Islands? Because of course you know that from an oversight perspective, we're not only responsible for oversight, but we're responsible for developing the budget for the territory. And in developing that budget, I brought perspective to um to how um we look at our budget to how we break out our budget. We had some departments and agencies, some agencies in particular 
that were getting a lump sum budget. And each year they were carrying over those funds and there wasn't any clear explanation as to what we were doing with those funds. So that's one of the things that I have been able to really work with my colleagues to share with them and get them to understand the importance of ensuring that while these are independent agencies, they're still coming to the government for the funds. So we need to make sure that those funds are in fact um, not available until expended, but in fact, within that fiscal year. If they don't spend it in that year, that means that it means that they don't need it in that year. And then we'll be able to carry over those funds so to use it in, a, in, the, in, the, in the upcoming year. But um, as it relates to um, my overall perspective on the work that I've done, being a bulldog for the people, I have really focused on education. Um, I've moved like uh, about four or five pieces of critical pieces of legislation for, around education in particular. And one that I'm very proud of is the pre-kindergarten, third grade, um, early childhood bill. You know, we continue to talk about uh, our children not reading on grade level, but it's a lot of talk. And, um, you know, I, I sat down and I crafted legislation around. So to ensure that those teachers who are teaching our pre-kindergarten to third grade students are, does in fact have the requisite training to teach them, to, to prevent the Department of Education from moving sixth grade teachers down into to primary grades. So that has really helped. Um, it, the new commission of education, she just started to implement, or the nominee is more like it, she started just started to implement that. So those teachers are going to get the requisite training in order to make sure that our students are really reading on grade level. You talked about crime. Um, you know, for me, I look at crime from this perspective. If we don't start from cradle, then we're not going to be able to address those issues. And that's why, that's why I push to ensure that we have pre-kindergarten um, classes in, our, um, in our, our public school system. Because we, if you have pre-K classes, then you're able to identify those, those cognitive issues that our students have in a, from an early age. Because usually students who, are, who, find them, who, who you find that have issues down the road, they had issues when they were younger, but it was not identified. And as a result of that, I've worked with one of my colleagues and we moved the um, VIVIS, the Virtual Information System Bill, which is the data system bill where data is collected from cradle to grave on every single Virgin Islander when they're born to, um, to grave. So when there are issues, you can go into those files and see exactly where you started to see those issues and how we can support those students. So I've hit crime, I've hit um, education, and that's, that's on a tip. Yeah, uh, and you've hit it on the tip, but you're showing the intersection, right? You're showing that in what I'm hearing is, is in your role, you've applied some foresight to say if we address these things at a root cause, you know, we could spiral out and prevent, improve one system and prevent impact in another. Um, Absolutely. I started with oversight because everybody's probably is like, she's going to ask about agriculture first, right? <laughs> so I said today, let me ask about it. Second, um, in the 34th legislature, um, you really worked to bring about the ag plan. And I want to talk to you about what is your take on agriculture? What is the work you seek to do moving forward um, for the people of the Virgin Islands as it re relates to food security? Well, you know that I'm the sponsor of the Virgin Islands Agriculture Plan, and we actually moved that legislation. I um, sponsored that legislation in the 33rd legislature. Oh, thank you. We gave it on the 33rd. I recognize, and I'll tell you, I, I sat and I actually worked on the legislation on my kitchen table during COVID because I recognize that, you know, if, if this situation were to, to sit around for longer than it has sat, 
you know, we need to really st- start to think about true food security again. We've talked about it, and we do a lot of talking here in the Virgin Islands, but we must come to the point where there is action. So, of course, you know that the Ag Plan is, has, is, is, um, is a living document, and I know that there's some concerns around it, but I use the word living because it's a living, moving document that changes must occur over time. However, within that document, there's specific components to stand up agriculture in the Virgin Islands. And again, it has to do with the commitment and the will. And when I say commitment and will, commitment requires funding and will requires those that are responsible. And funding comes from the legislature and and the will comes from those responsible to actually lift it and make it happen. So this year in the 2024, what is that? Time is flying in the 2023 budget. Um, we set aside some, I think, two over $2 million to support agriculture. But we haven't broken it out, so we're going to have a meeting because I have a bill that gives the actual breakout as to how those funds should be used. The, um, the, the, the water security component, um, the public education component, um, the setting up of the, the actual office of, for, the, for, the, for, for, for agriculture outside of the... Um, to provide um, resources to the farmers. You know, we have to provide some support to our farmers, but of course our farmers also have to be accountable. And you, you more than myself understand the importance of, while I provide you with resources, you also have to be accountable for ensuring that you are able to stand up whatever it is that you said you're standing up around agriculture. So I believe that, you know, this agriculture plan is going to take time or the ag- you know, standing up agriculture in the Virgin Islands overall is going to take time. However, it's about the will and about us, the collective work that we do and how we have the, how we see the vision to move it, to moving it forward. And from a legislative perspective, I am here to support it from a funding perspective and whatever else changes that needs to occur, I'm here to make that, make that happen. Madam President, I want to ask you a question that's, that's um, political in nature, but still, um, has to do with, with your being a legislator, in particular, uh, the Senate president. Um, one of the frustrations that those of us who are elected, um, affiliated to a party, is that there's this belief that um, we are more loyal to the party than loyal to the people. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to speak to your perspective on what I believe is a miss perception of elected officials depending on whatever party you're associated with and then i have a follow-up question um based on that um that 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 political dynamic okay good so i guess i was good with the the agriculture plan yeah i I, I put a check next to it no no no, we knocked that out out. uh, perfect so as far as um i'm a democrat of course i'm running under the democratic uh ticket i've always been a democrat however as a in visual and as a legislator, as you sit in the body and there are issues that we have to address, you cannot address them from the fact that you're a Democrat. You have to stretch across the aisle and work with your other colleagues. So my, um, my belief is that, you know, whatever is good for the people of the Virgin Islands, then that's what we should focus on. It cannot be, so this is what the party wants and this is the only focus that we have. Because I, stre- I, walk, I walk across the aisles all the time with my um, uh, colleagues that are particularly independent because we don't have any Republicans in the Senate. Um, so stretching across the aisle is important. We live in a small community. 
geographically we are, you know, we are made up of three, four small islands, and um, we cannot allow our, our, our politics as it relates to our party to play out as to the work that we do in the institution. We must stay focused on the business of the people. So for me, that's definitely a no. Um, and, I know and, that. And, so let me chime in there then, so I, because I want to dovetail on that. Because remember now, um, in the 33rd legislature, I believe it was, and it carried over the 34th, the energy crisis was a big issue. You were um, primary sponsor, co-sponsor um, of what people wanted to deem as, number one, uh, controversial legislation addressing structure of where we are with WAPA, number one. And number two, they wanted to say, well, how are you going against the governor and all, all that stuff? So I wanted to give you an opportunity to explain that the priority is the people and not political okay. affiliation. That's the reason why I use that as a premise for asking this question. And I'm glad that you brought up the WAPA matter because, of course, you know, we're, today we're sitting, in, we're sitting in in the dark. Let me just put it that way. It's light, but it was, we were sitting in the dark last night. But, yes, that legislation moved, and, um, you know, there is some concern around the revised organic act from the governor's perspective that, you know, we don't have power to do this, and we, we didn't have power to decide what the makeup of the board is, etc., but there is an important piece in that um, piece of legislation that while those issues were being addressed, I feel that we sh- that, the, that the executive branch and WAPA should still should still have forged away. And that is the assessment. While we have a new executive director in the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority, um, he's just scratching the surface because there's no assessment that has been conducted in um, WAPA, I moved the amendment for the assessment. I'll tell you this much, um, Neville. Moving the, assess- the amendment was not easy. My colleagues questioned why did we need to have an assessment of what is truly going on in WAPA. And in order for any changes to occur, true change to occur in WAPA, we- there must be an assessment. There must be a clear understanding of what the challenges are in order for WAPA to move forward. So I believe that we've lost an opportunity during this period to um to really bring in the um the, the professionals to conduct that assessment and turn it over and say to us as the people of the Virgin Islands, this is the issue and this is where you should be going. Don't leave out the, don't, don't leave all that, that critical adjective comprehensive assessment. Comprehensive, that's, uh, yes. That, that's what now, Summer likes to ask the question relative to the land and water use plan, so I'm going to yield to that. When he said comprehensive, that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> because, you you know, you've been using a term, and I, and I take that term really personal, the will to get it done, right? People talk about political will. And for years, we've been trying to move our land and water use plan, a comprehensive one. It seems like it's finally on the table. Do you think, should you be reelected, given consent to govern in the 35th legislature, what would your role in kind of being, helping that body have the political will to ensure that that land and water use plan finally gets done? Finally. Well, you know, um, of course we had discussions just recently with DPNR and they indicated that they were working on a contract. But I'll tell you a lot of times um, where we have contracts in place, I believe we still need to have legislation that requires the Department of Planning and Natural Resources to develop a land and water use plan and give them a timeline. Whilst there is a contract in place, I believe that legislation is still required. But but, but, but I want to chime in here. Remember now, the land and water use plan is a document, right, Mm -hmm. that that, that will provide guidance for the people of the Virgin Islands as to what's in our best interest as it relates to development and to protect us from ourselves. 
speak about the legislative dynamic where, because Lorraine Berry used to be good at, at telling us this, why sometimes you got to do things to protect people from themselves. So are you talking about like when we make... Um, just legislation, legislation in general. Um, sometimes people just want to do things, but at the same time, they don't realize repercussions and ramifications oh, right, of the things right. that we do. Right, yeah, yeah. right. But, but I believe that, yes, so of course, when you move legislation, it needs to be meaningful legislation. And a lot of times... Um, and, in the con- and in the context of a land and water use plan, make sure we're so, doing things that we're not hurting people just because we want to say we have a document. We want to make sure the document correct. has true effect. Correct. So yes, and that's why I said I still believe we need to put in place a legislation that has okay. certain components okay, it can good. be clear yeah. as to what the expectations are. And that requires, it also requires us to have, um, from an oversight perspective, for us to have meetings with the community so we can understand what the community wants. Because as we put that document together, that document impacts every single Virgin Islander or every single person that chooses to live and work here. So not just a raw document um, from the deep Department of Planning and Natural Resources, but legislative input as well so that it could be compre- truly comprehensive. Comprehensive, yes. That's what I And I know that there was a document... Uh, I believe back in the 33rd legislature, one of my colleagues will bring in that legislation. I'm not certain. I believe somebody's holding that. You know how that works when you have ownership. (laughs) Authorship. That's another thing that I think is important for us to say. While I may want to push a piece of legislation forward, uh, if there is someone that owns that legislation, then that legislation can sit for an entire um, session because... A term. A term, entire term, yeah. Entire term, but you know what? It doesn't have to, Neville. It goes back to what I said earlier. We have to have the will as elected leaders to do the heavy lifting. It's 15 of us. So 15 people sit in that Senate. So if we have one senator that chooses that he or she is not going to move a particular legislation, and that legislation does not have, didn't have any work around it for six months, then what prevents us? from having the will to move it forward. And that's part of some of what we, we as us as legislators, we have to establish a moxie. We have to have moxie and we have to have will in order to move things forward. And that's why I open up by saying, I will continue to be a bulldog for the people. It may not always be popular, but I have to do that. And I, I'm hoping that I can bring some of my colleagues or all of my colleagues along with me as we continue to push because if we work collectively together then we could get things done individually it's hard in that institution we're gonna we're gonna take a, a quick break now when we come back um candidate donna fred gregory of course she is the senate president of the 34th legislature we're going to talk about the recovery and we're going to talk we're talking about health care uh in the virgin islands uh in the final uh 11 minute segment we'll be back right after this with candidate number 11 in the st thomas st john senatorial uh, District Race, Donna Fred Gregory. Be back right after this. business. 
at Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up only. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. I'm Attorney General Denise George. How much do you know about Virgin Islands laws? Injustices can happen anywhere and in situations where we least expect. I make it my mission to empower you with knowledge about our laws and the issues that affect our Virgin Islands community. Join me on Justice Matters, a new talk show that aims to inform you and engage you to be a part of the solution. Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. And we are back here to analyze this. The candidate speak, and we've got candidate number 11, Senator Donna Fred Gregory, St. Thomas, St. John District Senatorial Race, joining us here this morning. So, Ms. you going to probe that question with respect to recovery? <clears throat> um, absolutely. So, I think, you know, we keep hearing people reference we have access to more dollars than we've ever had, right? Um, where do you see us in, in, in the recovery process? And I'm thinking disaster dollars, and then... Where do you see us leveraging the COVID or ARPA dollars that we have received to, in the next few years to, to make the Virgin Islands actually better? So um, let's talk about the disaster dollars. And the disaster dollars is as a result of the storms of 2017, of course. Um, I believe we could have been much further ahead, um, but we have to recognize that we do have challenges with workforce here, um, capacity workforce here in the Virgin Islands. Um, we also have to be honest with ourselves that we've had challenges with um, FEMA and that long bureaucratic process where it takes forever to get um, a, well, the dollars where you receive a letter saying, I got $8 billion. There is a process that you have to go through in order to access that $8 billion. So I believe that um, because we are in the Virgin Islands and we are, a, we, we are still looked at as a colony of the United States, um, we have to keep it keep it real. Um, you know, we are challenged with what what we have to do, the hoops that we have to, um, to to jump over in order to receive our federal dollars. But the federal dollars that we've received thus far, and the projects that um, 
that I see that's moving forward. I believe it's a good thing for the Virgin Islands. I will say, though, that I believe that those dollars that we receive, we could have done, we could have looked at things a little differently. And I'll give you an example. I'm going to look at our healthcare system. So, of course, um, we have challenges with our healthcare. But our healthcare is not only tied to buildings and structures. Our healthcare is also tied to, so how do we truly provide healthcare services to our people? How do we look at um, specialty doctors that um, where, uh, you know, you can't get all specialty doctors in the Virgin Islands? So how do we partner with other um, entities throughout the country to, to support the U.S. Virgin Islands? So how do we build small clinics in various areas in, in our communities to support, um, to support the, 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 the health care challenges that we have? So I think that we, that was a lost opportunity for us as it relates to our health care. Um, when it comes to um, so the infrastructure dollars, I think that we could have done a lot better. However, a lot of it is tied to how we receive our funds from the federal government and, you know, how hard we push with the federal government. We could have done better. However, I think we have a perfect opportunity to really make significant change with the funds that are available to us. And that's going to take us probably another five, six years in order for us to really see the fruits of our labor when it comes to uh, infrastructure in the building of our new schools, getting our hospitals, our cancer center, et cetera, off the ground. But you also asked about the, uh, you asked about our COVID dollars. Yes. And, and I, I think the COVID dollars is a perfect opportunity for us to really look at, so what are the challenges that we have here in the territory and how can we utilize those dollars to shore up those areas that we really can't, um, have not been able to throughout the years? So we, you know, we see um, that we have a good opportunity to really improve our technology infrastructure. And I think that's a great thing for us in the Virgin Islands. We know we've been challenging our school as it relates to, um, to technology and um, the wireless systems, et cetera. So I see that as a perfect opportunity. We have issues with water lines coming into our various neighborhoods. I just had a meeting just yesterday about water lines coming to neighborhoods. So we need to utilize those dollars to really support our neighborhoods, our communities, so we can now be able to provide those those infrastructure development items that we were not able to do as a result of us not not being able to afford it. Bottom line, so I think we have a perfect opportunity as Virgin Islanders, as leaders in the territory, to really come together. One challenge that I think that we do have, though, is we don't do enough of the collaboration, and that is a, something that I am a for I believe that in order for us to see true change and true, um, you know, true development, we must um, work together as 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 leaders and as the community communities overall to really see and effectuate change. And I I miss small businesses, but we cannot miss the opportunity to support small businesses in whatever dollars that we receive. Because when you look at it, at the end of the day, small businesses is in fact what helps. To move a community, move a, a well, let's just say a community for the, for the territory, but the territory along, we need to support our small businesses. We need to give them more. Um, when it comes to the bonding of those small businesses who, who are interested in doing those uh, capital projects, we need to find ways to make sure that we are able to provide that bonding support. And that's something that I'm really working on as it relates to those, uh, those construction businesses Quickly. who are able to those services. Quickly talk about healthcare. Uh, where are we in your estimation uh, as a territory with healthcare? Because that is also a critical part of our recovery. We're not. We're not. We're not where we should be as it relates to healthcare. And 
before, I think before, I think it's more than recovery. And I, I think I tried to explain that. So it's, for me, healthcare is more than recovery. Yes, we need our hospitals, but I believe that we need to stand up small clinics in other, in the community where people can, can um, get the services at their door. So those are the things that we really need to work on. So it's not about the recovery dollars alone when it comes to healthcare, but it's also so how do we expand the scope and broaden our horizon as to how we're going to treat healthcare now and in the future to truly improve healthcare for Virgin Islanders. So let me, so let me ask this question. Are you, are you saying that now is the time for us to truly step outside the box and do something tangential from a, a quantum leap move to, to, yes. to change structure? That's what you're talking about? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. I'm very clear on that. I'm saying that. Um, so we know that. I, I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a particular ailment or disease that someone may have here that's, you know, not a prevalent disease. You may not have a specialty doctor here that could provide that service, but we should have relationships outside of the Virgin Islands where we can say, hey, um, Tom, you know, we, we, we have this relationship with Dr. X or Hospital Y or Clinic G that you can go to and we're going to send you. We probably need to begin to really think about, so how do we, how do we as, as leaders work in subsidizing and, subsidizing and using some of those dollars to support our people actually traveling away to getting those services that are not available in the Virgin Islands? Because let's face it, geographically, while we may talk about, oh, we don't have the doctors, the problem is when you look at the economies of scale in the Virgin Islands, while some doctors are going to come here, they all are not going to come Absolutely. for various reasons. If a surgeon is going to uh, uh, do services in the, in, in, the, in the U.S., he probably will, will have three, 500 surgeries in a year, whereas in the Virgin Islands, he probably have 100. So it's the economies of scale. So we have to think about how we are going to acknowledge recognize that we need to change our narrative, change our outlook and how we treat healthcare in the Virgin Islands. Final final question before you do wrap up. Um, what can we do? No, no, first, it's a two-part question. Where are we with respect to the relationship between the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branches, number one? And, and number two, what can we do to make that better? Having, well, ser um, having served as, as the, 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 the leader of a branch for the last year and nine months. Well, while I've served as president, I've, you know, I, I'm one that believes that when the when leaders fight, the people get trampled. So I have worked very hard to make sure that I work very closely with the executive branch. Of course, we don't always agree, and when we don't agree, we lay it on the table. We don't agree, and this is why. Um, I see that the relationship could be better. This is not a, um, and, and this is, you know, we don't really have uh, a lot of work that we do with the executive with the. Um, with the judicial branch per se, but our primary focus is how does the legislative and the executive branch work together. And I think regardless of who's governor, who's Senate president, I think it's important that once those, the, the work is coming, which in whichever direction, we have to sit, work together, because at the end of the day, if the executive branch and the legislative branch is not working together, then the people are not going to benefit. So, um, for me, it's about how can it be better by leaving your egos at the door. Final remarks. In, in closing, tell the people your name, number, and why you should be given another opportunity to represent the people in the Virgin Islands Legislature as a member from the St. Thomas-St. John District. 
Again, thank you for, for the time. Again, my name is Senator Donna Fred Gregory, and I am number 11 on the ballot. I have led the legislature for the past, what is it, 22 months with a steady hand. I, under, I understand the issues of government. I understand the inner workings of government. Um, I am not afraid to do the heavy lifting that's, that's necessary to change the, the narrative here in the Virgin Islands. Um, I'm also not afraid to stand alone on issues that I believe in, that the pe- that, that, that is focused and about the people. So I'm, I'm just not afraid. Um, you know, it's, I think it's so important that I share with you also that I am one that I believe in, in, I believe in fighting for the greater good. I have moved over 60 pieces of legislation for the short time that I've been in the legislature, uh, so my three and a half years serving as um, senator and now as Senate president. I've remained focused on not only my work as Senate president, but I know that the people elected me to serve as senator and not as Senate president. So I remain focused on continuing to move meaningful legislation to support the needs of the people of the Virgin Islands. I know that there's more work to do in supporting the needs of small businesses and ident- identifying new industries to diverse, diversify the economy. Um, I will continue to work on legislation that focuses on education reform. I will continue to fight for affordable housing options for our residents and, um, and fight for quality health care for every Virgin Islander. But I think it's also important for me to say that Everything in the Virgin Islands cannot be legislated. So it's important for us as leaders to work very closely together with the executive branch and the legislative branch in order for us to really move the needle here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Again, my name is Senator Donifer Gregory, and I am number 11 on the ballot. And I look at my job not as a job, but as a privilege to serve the people of the Virgin Islands. Thank you very much, Donifer Gregory. Candidate number 11, Senate President, 34th Legislature, for joining us on the Candidate Speak this morning. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. That's um, number 11, Donna Fred Gregory. Um, so let me... Uh Put your check mark. And for those, if you were in the <laughs> studio, you would see how diligently um, the host of Analyze This so, so we only got, does his job. See, we only got uh, three more. We got Senator Alma Francis Heiliger. We got... Um, Mm, who else? Candidate Larry Bushelty, he's number seven, and we've got uh, Miss Margaret Price, number thirteen. That's it. So we've done eight of the eleven for the district race, and we still got um, at last Senator Angel Bolquez, uh, who's going to be joining us at some point uh, soon uh, in the proceedings. That might be as early as Friday, because we got we got open slot here for Friday. So uh, I'll let you know. Um, so uh, we we coming to come. Yeah, we're coming to come. So you, um, t- let's 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 recap the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, we 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 go out of our way to make sure that um, the context in which we ask questions of incumbents are different from that, at least modified, but in some instances different um, from non-incumbents because non-incumbents are looking from the outside in. And incumbents, you know, they're inside the well doing what they got to do. So can I state, interestingly, mm-hmm. of all the candidates we have interviewed just thus far mm-hmm. with the land and water use plan, ne- we have never had one reject that that's a necessary component. You know why, right? Because they can't. <laughs> I mean, however, 
in this interview, this was the first answer yeah. that posited that there is another rule for a policymaker. After, not just Ooh. a contract, but building in requirements to ensure Ooh. and a timeline. She said requirements and a Ooh. timeline is, is necessary because we've asked, how can you help this from your legislative role? How can you help this from your legislative role? Right. And um, this was the first person. We didn't ask, how, you know, I mean, I, so that kind of stood out to me in this interview. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not suggested, posited. Yeah, and mm. and I just like okay, so that that's noted mm-hmm. um, that in that response where she was, she actually took it the length forward. This is required, and she also suggested that um, we need to do some outside the box things where healthcare is concerned. You know, so I gonna say this: when we interview, and we just talking about um, a, a interview on the surface. Incumbents are supposed to be more comfortable in the interview process than non-incumbents. Absolutely. You know. Um, now, don't get me wrong. We are. We have some um, prepared and and, and knowledgeable uh, from an experience. That's the word. Experience from an interview standpoint. Non-incumbents as well. I'm not saying that it's a, just a given, but I'm just saying the nature of the job. Um, they should be better prepared. Uh, to be answering questions because they're in the they're in the questions business it's, with testimony. In it's not holes. just that though; they have experience to stand on, right? So they have a little bit more teeth in their interview mm-hmm. as opposed to aspirant. So even as you listening, listening audience, and you're thinking, "Who am I voting for?" As you hear how we speak with aspirants and we speak with incumbents, it's to one like you. I always say one of them is running on their. experience and one of them is running on their record one of them is requesting to be Mm. given a chance potential versus performance and the other one is saying i have performed for you Mm -hmm. so when you know we've had candidates who run down the list of legislation they've posed who they can talk to the challenges of being in the body and how they got over it they talk to you know difficult difficult legislation difficult how they manage that An aspirant wouldn't have the same opportunity you know mm-hmm. to talk about how they feel about a particular piece of I legislation we're we gonna break that down because there is a distinction you know um where um like from majority versus minority members, things of that nature that we need to break down uh, a little bit more. But great show today. Thanks so much, Sibley, for joining me here I'm on so the Candidate Speak. Uh, be good, be safe, everyone. And talk to you tomorrow. The Brian Roach team joining us, hour number two. Talk to you. Bye bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Perhaps you're one of those people who thinks kids these days just aren't into classical music. I start hearing the horn lines that almost made me cry. And it just made me so incredibly fulfilled to have played. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, make someone's day through music. I would wake up to this piece every single day. Um, that's how much I loved it. Well, on From the Top, every week we prove the opposite. Join me, Peter Dugan, on From the Top. From the Top, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one, make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two, 
Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.